0: If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California underground podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Everyone joining on a couple minutes to another episode of Coffee in California Politics on this Wednesday, August 25th, 2021, the day of the year of our Lord and Savior. Um, so I wanted to continue, uh, our discussion or what I put out last night about the whole discussion about like what a rhino is, because I think that's sort of important to discuss that and figure that out, um, in terms of what is a rhino and what is a, what's a Republican, you know? And I think we're really at a crossroads right now. Um, only yourself think that people are going to understand your comrade post. I love it. I think it's it's really tongue in cheek, and I love it. Um, but couple announcements. Uh, this afternoon there's gonna be a watch party for the gubernatorial debate. It's on K C R A. Uh, the post will go up after this live talking about uh where you can go see it on local stations. Also, there's gonna be drinking games attached to it, so um, it'll be fun. Uh, you know. Grab a, grab a beer, grab a drink or something like that. Join along with the watch party. Makes a little bit more fun um, to pay attention and uh, we'll have a good time there. Uh, podcast coming out a little bit earlier tomorrow morning or tomorrow. Um, anyway, what else is going on? Uh, Kevin Kylie will be back on Friday at 10 a.m. on YouTube like last time. Uh, he seems to be a fan of coming on the podcast, so probably... Ask him, you know, ask you guys what questions you have for him. Again, uh, we'll do a rundown of the debate tonight and see if he has any thoughts on it or what he, he says. Uh, I know Doug Ossie, Ossie, uh, who just recently dropped out, did endorse him. So that's, uh, you know, I think that's a big deal, I guess. Um, but we'll talk about all that stuff. So that's what's coming up this week. It's been a busy week. Uh, there was the Faulkner interview on Monday um what else is going on that's about it so um recall coming up in a couple weeks but let's get started really with now that everyone's jumping on good morning everybody good morning let's get started with this whole topic about what is a rhino and i thought the results were kind of interesting um because i i i don't think i think people kind of get caught up in this and i heard a lot of feedback too that that people get really caught up in this idea of like what is a rhino and it it gets thrown around so much that like a rhino is x y and z and i know a lot of people i should have been a little bit more clear when i said well what's your definition of it because i got like 30 people saying well it's republican in name only yeah i understand it's republican in name only what i'm saying is what does that mean really what does that mean how would you see a rhino when you see one and be like this is absolutely a rhino um they're not a republican and i guess the real question is is like what is a republican in today's day and age and i think that's a question that a lot of people are kind of you know mixed on and in terms of we've talked about this before in terms of what's the difference between a california republican and what's the difference between like a texas republican or a nebraska republican I think there's a lot of difference between what those type of Republicans are. And you really kind of have to go way back to like the beginning of the Republican Party and say, well, what was the point of starting the Republican Party back in the day? Now, obviously, it was one part was had to do with being anti-slavery. It was more about free markets and business. Um, And the one interesting, I think, kind of blip in Republican history that kind of changed the 20th century was the arrival of Theodore Roosevelt, which I thought was interesting. When I put up the the, the question, do you think that Theodore Roosevelt was a rhino? Now you didn't know it was Theodore Roosevelt. I just listed like all the stuff and most people said, no, I don't think that's a rhino, even though if you would look at that stuff, uh, people would say, yeah. Okay. Supports, you know, environmentalism, uh, racial equality. Those sound like democratic pillars of their platform. But a lot of people were like, no, that doesn't really mean a rhino for me, particularly, even though most people would say that sounds like you're voting for Democratic policies. And I heard a lot of feedback from people. And I want to thank everybody who kind of engaged in the conversation, because I think it's very enlightening to kind of hear people's uh, input on this is that a lot of people looked at those kind of pillars and said, I think those are all right in the Republican wheelhouse. I just think they have to be approached a little differently than how Democrats have done it. Um, and that to me was really interesting because I think Republican party at whole, like the national party doesn't talk about these issues as well as they should. I think what they should be and they get boxed out of these issues. And by being boxed out, you're letting your opponent really, uh, frame the argument and paint you as what they want you to be for an enemy when in reality republicans can talk about these things and not be rhinos it's just how do they go about doing it um you know theodore roosevelt i'm a i'm a big fan of theodore roosevelt i've read his autobiography i've watched documentaries on him uh he's one of my favorite presidents mostly because he was someone who did a lot of stuff for the people. And I think that was his goal as a a president. Um, And he took the Republican Party in a different area. He just thought that we should be doing what's best for the people and whether that meant like striking down monopolies, protecting the workers, while also protecting businesses as well. If you read a lot more about his square deal, it was about conservation, um, corruption, and I believe there were three C's. I think it was conservation, corruption, and... Um corporations. Um, and basically, if you don't know anything about Theodore Roosevelt, quick backstory: Theodore Roosevelt was a pretty well-to-do New York Manhattanite. Uh, his family had a lot of money. Um, grew up in a very wealthy family, went to Harvard. I mean, he had he had no problem um making it through life. He could have done whatever he wanted. In fact, he probably could have taken over. Uh, probably could have taken over his family's business, done really well for himself, but instead he wanted to go into public, public life. He actually, I think he went to law school as well. Yeah. He went to law school, never became an attorney, but he did go to law school. So he understood the law. Uh, and then he went into politics. He became a New York state assemblyman, started at the bottom. Remember how we always talk about like, start local. And this is really where it started off. And once he became assemblyman, he got known as this big, brash reformer. He wasn't a progressive at that point. He was a reformer. He knew that New York was, for a lack of a better term, completely corrupt. Not that anything has really changed today. But Albany had a lot of issues with corruption. And even the Republican Party at that time was involved in the corruption and he kind of went in as a reformer and said, no, I want to get rid of the special interests. I want to get rid of the lobbyists. I want to get rid of all this stuff, these backroom deals. And he did a pretty good job of that. Um, and he, he gained more and more notoriety as this guy who could go in and clean up politics and government. He eventually went on to be the uh, head of the New York City police. He was the New York City police chief. For a while um, and then he went on to be governor of New York and then after he was governor of New York, he became vice president to William McKinley. Um, all the time, he was still a reformer. He still cleaned out a lot of of corrupt and crony politicians, whether they were Republican or Democrat, he didn't really care. He was just a reformer. He believed what was best for the party was what was best for the party. And in fact, there's one story he says in his autobiography about how when he was the chief of the new york city police department he had went down to these horrible tenement houses that were in horrible horrible conditions um people were living in squalor and he said to himself he said this is horrible the government should do something about this um and in this case it's not a right or left issue it's not republican or democrat it's not a right or left issue it's a human issue. It's a human issue that these people are suffering and that if we can do something to alleviate their pain, we should be able to do it and help out and get this taken care of. So that gives you an idea of his mindset of like, he was, yeah, he was a Republican, but at the end of the day, he was really just kind of for the people and figuring out what was best for the people. So fast forward, he's governor, and then he gets picked as vice president because when he was governor, he had aspirations of being president. Now, again, the Republican Party didn't like Teddy Roosevelt, they, they did not like him because he was a reformer and he was threatening to cut off a lot of their, you know, the, the, their ways of making money, their kickbacks and stuff like that. He he was an outsider. He didn't play by the game. He didn't play by the rules of the game. And, you know, fate had it that they thought, well, if we make him vice president, he'll never become president and that'll be the end of his political career. Ironically, they thought that if they made him vice president, He would, in turn, never see the presidency, which, you know, backfired because William McKinley was assassinated up in Buffalo at the state fair. Um, And then Roosevelt took over and he got to work and immediately he started really pushing a lot. That's when he really became a progressive. And that's when he pushed the square deal. Uh, You know, he, he was part of implementing a lot of the agencies that inspect our food and, you know what became, and I know there's a lot of controversy over it now, what became the FDA back then. Um, I guess the intent was there, but how it turned out today is a whole different story. But the point of this story is, um, the point of this story is that was what Theodore Roosevelt did. And he was part of what they called this progressive era of Republicans. And Republicans started to attach themselves to Theodore Roosevelt because he was immensely popular throughout his presidency. There's a story of, Back then they used to actually open the White House on Easter and you could go and shake the hand of the president and the first lady and you know wish him happy Easter and and that's it like they would just walk through there and he said I think it was like 12 or 14 hours or something. He stood on his feet and shook the hand of every person who came in and that's how popular he was. It took 12 to 14 hours to get through every single person. He still shook the hand of every single person and stood there standing the whole time his wife had to go take a nap and come back every once in a while but he was just like i'm gonna stand here for 12 14 hours and do it anyway that's not the point this isn't a theodore roosevelt biography or a documentary the reason i bring this up and street cleaner is coming by right now i guess it's that's is it street it's not street cleaning time but anyway um there was this progressive strain In the republican party around the turn of the century how does this relate to california well hiram johnson who was governor of california was one of these progressive republicans and he was part of this progressive turn in california that started the recall process sound familiar now we're getting around to like why this is really relevant Uh, they pushed through a lot of stuff they did push through the 17th amendment which i've made in the past. I'm not really crazy about the 17th amendment. I think they went a little overboard with that. I think they went around what the, the intent of the founders was with the 17th amendment. That's a whole different show about the 17th amendment. I don't want to get wonky here. Um, but yeah, he was actually Teddy Roosevelt's vice president when he ran on the bull moose party, which was, it was technically the progressive party after he split from the Republican Party. And they called it the Bull Moose Party because Theodore Roosevelt was the candidate and Hiram Johnson was his vice president running. And he actually it was the only time in his in presidential elections that a third party beat out one of the two top Republican and Democrats. Uh, He did better than his Republican rival, William Taft. Why am I saying all this? Why does it matter? Why, why do you tune in this thinking you were going to get some California politics and now all of a sudden you're getting uh, a whole history on Theodore Roosevelt and why that matters to California? Because I think it's interesting how I kind of got a lot of responses from people like what is a rhino? How do you know a rhino when you see it? Is it a purity test? And you can certainly let me know in the comments, whether you think the term rhino is a purity test for a lot of people. Um, I would say it is. I think the term rhino is thrown out a lot. I would say that the term neocon is more fashionable because I think neocons particularly got us in a lot of trouble with people like George Bush and big war hawks and stuff like that who expanded the government, made it really big, got us into endless wars. Those neocons are certainly not what I think Republicans should be. But the real question is, is are Republicans inherently supposed to be conservative or are they reformers for the time that they are in? If you look back at Abraham Lincoln and the Republican Party starting back then, actually fun fact, another California tidbit, John C. Fremont, who was one of the first people to come over to California, you know, Fremont, you see Fremont streets everywhere. He was one of the first people to lead really the revolution against uh, Mexico And to help, I guess, acquire California, you can say like free, but like acquire California for the United States. Um, He actually, I think, was the first Republican candidate to run for president. He lost. He was a U.S. Senator from California. But anyway, the point is, is the Republican Party, I think back then and for a long time became this party of reformers. It became this party of government is broken. We're here to fix it. Um, and especially when you see how Theodore Roosevelt responded to corruption and cronyism and corporatism, really corporatism was a big thing back then it was big businesses. You had the big tycoons, you had, uh, John D. Rockefeller, you had, uh, God, now I'm blanking Rockefeller. You had JP Morgan. You had, um, why am I blanking on this? I've watched this documentary a whole bunch of times. Um, Carnegie. Those are the three big guys. And those guys really had had it out for Theodore Roosevelt. They didn't like Theodore Roosevelt. They actually spent an enormous amount of money to get William McKinley installed because he was friendly. But that's an example of what America was going through at that time. Now we're seeing sort of a parallel between that, which is there is huge amount of corporatism where businesses that are basically monopolies. I mean, now we just have big tech. It's not railroads and steel anymore. Now it's big tech. Now you have Apple and Google and Microsoft and all these companies, Facebook. uh, They donate millions and millions of dollars, support the candidates they want that are probably most friendly to them. And they're kind of in bed together. And that's corporatism to the max. Now, if Theodore Roosevelt was alive today as a progressive reforming Republican, he would say this is absolutely deplorable that the government is doing this. And this needs to be fixed because when you have big corporations colluding with big government. You don't really have a square deal for the the normal American. They're going to be shut out of competition. They're going to be shut out of the democratic process. They're, they're not going to be part of what is America. And that's where the reformer idea of Republicans, I think comes from. Now, with that said, would, A reformer Republican work in California? I don't know. Are are all Republicans by nature reformers or are they speed bumps? And that's really a question I think that frustrates a lot of people with the Republican Party is that they, I think a lot of times Republicans are basically speed bumps for the Democrats that they all stand around and go, well, we're not for that. Like we're not for this. So we're just going to try and slow you down. But what are Republicans for? and at 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 most times okay yeah we got it's it's for free business free markets lower taxes yeah okay we've heard that all that before but what are republicans really for what are they really reforming for um and that's a question i think republicans as a party have to really kind of grapple with are they just the opposite side of the coin for democrats or are they going to be a true reformer party? And if they're not going to be a true reformer party, where is that radical reform going to come from? Is it going to come from another third party? Is it going to come from libertarians? Is it going to come from the independent or constitutionalist party? Um, and that's really, it, 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 Republicans are kind of having a coming to Jesus moment where they kind of have to figure out post Trump, what they are. Are they still Trump Republicans? And ironically, after that quiz, a lot of, you know, the majority of you, not a lot of you, not overwhelming. I mean, a lot of you thought Abraham Lincoln was a rhino based on what he did. But most of you did actually think that Trump was kind of a rhino too. Um, and again, whether that term means really anything at all is, uh, is what we're talking about today. But where do we go after this? Where do the people who want to reform... Where do the people who want to get rid of corruption and cronyism, where do they go? And I think there's a a real avenue here for Republicans to kind of step into that mold again and be kind of like a Teddy Roosevelt reformer, where they say, look, we believe in these things for the American citizen. And we believe that there are better ways to get to them. And we believe that the Democrats have really only been selling you a bill of goods Um, to further expand their power. And at the end of the day, they'll never do anything for you. So here's our solutions as opposed to, and we've talked about this before. I've said, you have to frame the argument in your own terms so that they argue on your terms. And most of the time, Republicans end up arguing on democratic terms, not their own terms. And when you argue in someone else's terms, you always lose because they know the argument better than you do. They created the argument. So there's no way to really argue against them. Um, that's why you see it like when there's like arguments going on, they always try and shift the focus or they always try and like get off of a topic onto something else that they're weaker about. And the other side knows more about. Um, and I guess another question to ask, especially in California is a lot of people say like, well, we need conservatives. We need a true conservative. And I ask, well, what is a true conservative? What? And I'm ask, I'm genuinely asking, you can comment in the section. Um, what you think a true conservative is, is a true conservative, someone who is, uh, culturally conservative. Are they against certain social issues and want to return it to some sort of cultural conservative idea? Um, is it as simple as we believe in a nuclear family? Um, is it people want to return to a Judeo Christian sort of society? Do you think that sort of, one way of thinking will work in California as diverse as California is to believe that if we just go back to a Judeo-Christian nuclear family, kind of 1950s picture, everything will be better. Um, but there was an article I read pretty recently about this and they made the point that in California, it's weird to say, what are you trying to conserve? Um, what is it you're trying to conserve? in california because california has always been a a a state of people who um come here seeking a new life they want to change themselves people who are dreamers people who are thinking forward like people who usually move to california want to get out of their safe space they want something new it's that whole california mentality of go west do something different um So in reality, it's like, what are you trying to conserve? And this is what the article said is, what are you trying to conserve in California? What was it that was in the past that we are trying to conserve? Um, So that's an honest question. And I think that's an honest question that I'm asking all of you who are tuning in. And that's why we do Coffee in California Politics is because I wanna hear your opinion on this. If I just wanted to talk into a microphone alone, I wouldn't be on Instagram Live. I'd just be sitting here talking into a, a microphone by myself. Um, and that's really a good question as to what is a conservative is a conservative, someone who's just focused on the cultural stuff. Are they focused on the conservation of rights? Is that what it is? The conservation of the constitutional principles, constant, the conservation of, uh, the bill of rights and our liberties and the inherent liberties that come with, you know, the John Locke idea of our, our inherent inalienable rights. Um, is that what we're talking about when we want someone to be a conservative? Does it mean you are fiscally conservative? Because if we're talking about fiscally conservative, you could make the argument that libertarians might be more fiscally conservative than current Republicans, because libertarians advocate for such a small government and a pared down government that they are almost more fiscally conservative than Republicans. Um, So that's, that's really my point. And, um, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, uh, I hear the term a lot and I hear people throw it around a lot and I hear people say this person's a rhino. I've been called a rhino. Um, you know, there's a lot of politics, every politician who's running has been called a rhino. Um, and that's, that really kind of prompted me to be like, well, what does everyone say is a rhino? Um, what would you classify as a rhino? Maybe Mitt Romney is a rhino, uh, someone who is says they're Republican and then gets in. He might be the perfect example. Mitt Romney might be the perfect example, someone who is a rhino uh, because he gets in and then sides with the Democrats on everything. Uh, that might be a perfect example of a rhino. But when you start calling everybody a rhino, it's I think it either starts to lose meaning or we're not sure as a party, like what what are we supposed to be doing here? Um and that's that's where I think we really need to put our heads together and think about where the future of the Republican Party yeah. Sorry, Romney is an absolute rhino. Um, I mean, he's the perfect example of a rhino. So I think that's where we kind of have to stick and put and this conversation can keep going. This isn't just a one time thing we're gonna forget about. I'm interested in this. This is stuff that I'm interested in because I'm thinking about where are we going as a future here in California? what political party, what political platform, what are the issues that are going to help turn this state around and change things for the better? And I think a lot of people kind of just say, well, let's just throw X person in, let's just throw this type of person in and that'll fix everything. Will it fix everything? I'm not sure. Um, will that person even get a good amount of the votes to even get something done? Um, And that's really my, my thoughts. So I've rambled on now for about a half an hour and I think there's a whole bunch of comments. So let me get to some of these comments. Uh, thank you everyone for the badges. Hello from Los Angeles. Thank you for the badge. Uh, let me go back. Let me go back. There's a whole bunch of comments. Well, this is going to take a while. Uh, My kids are watching homeschooling at it's fine. Oh, thank you. Professor Phil, uh, a rhino, in my opinion, is someone who speaks conservative values, but does not follow through and turns against our values once it gets through, um, or once it gets tough. Plus if they are cowardly to push back, um, bu- 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 de- 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 someone else said their, their kid is watching? That's awesome. Thank you. Professor Phil classroom is in session. Uh, Republicans are currently for keeping their seats in Congress and doing as little possible for the American people. Mm-hmm. It's passive leadership and we need more aggressive leadership. Yeah, I think aggressive leadership comes from when you have a platform that you believe in and you have conviction over, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but Theodore Roosevelt believed in what he was doing. He believed his platform was right. He believed what he was doing was right for the American people. And that's why he had such conviction for what he was doing. And he was like a force of nature, because once he believed something was the right thing to do, you couldn't stop Theodore Roosevelt. Um, and I think that's the problem with a lot of Republicans, is that the, if you run on the same cookie-cutter, bland platform of, well, we're for lower taxes, and blah, 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 like, if you keep running on the same stuff over and over again, you lose conviction because maybe the politicians or the people running don't even really believe in that anymore. Maybe they're like, I don't have any conviction because this is just what they tell me to say. And I think Republicans in California specifically should not be afraid to put out new ideas. I think they should not be afraid to test the waters because at this point, I think I've said this before. I probably said a lot of this stuff before is when you're losing and you have such a small registration of voter registration. What else do you have to lose? What do you, you're, you're holding on to losing more voters every single year. Like at this point, try a radical idea, try a radical approach, try a reformer platform. See if that works, at least get something that like your people who are running have conviction behind, because at least the Democrats, they seem to sell their stuff with conviction. A lot of Republicans, I think, just kind of sell the same old thing over and over and over again. And they wonder why they keep losing because you're not really interesting people. You're not really getting people to get galvanized to go out. Uh, Uh, Someone who upholds traditional cultural and financial ideas, for example, marriage between a man. Well, that's very culturally conservative. Um, I don't think that would work here in California. Separation of church and state, that's conservative. What about, well, it's guaranteed in the constitution. So separation of church and state, a clean and safe state. I prefer small government, way too many federal agencies, less or no income taxes, limit to welfare supplement, law and order with true consequences for unlawful behavior. That's very conservative. DSG is a libertarian. Who's DSG? These days, all the political titles are melting away and California is becoming, it's a my way over or the highway state period. What's the point of a two-party system from... The good is division, um, conservation of our inalienable rights. A conservative would want to keep and preserve our Judaic values. That's interesting. Um, excuse me while I take a sip of coffee. I don't know if that, that idea really works. And I think in California, it has to be a respect for the diversity of California citizens. And I think saying that we need to return stuff to this Judeo-Christian mentality doesn't work because not everybody believes these Judeo-Christian ideals. And I think you have to recognize that there is diversity in California and that there are differences of beliefs, that there are people who believe. And I think being respectful of those beliefs and allowing people to enjoy those beliefs is really important. I mean, that's freedom of religion right there. The idea is you come to America... It's free religion, free exercise clause. You come here because you want to pr- practice your religion. I mean, that was the basis of why the pilgrims showed up. So to say we have to return to this Judeo-Christian idea, I don't think is really a winning strategy because you're alienating a good amount of the people in California who may not believe in the Judeo-Christian beliefs, whether you're Catholic or, or Presbyterian or Methodist, whatever you want to be. Um, I mean, you're, you're excluding a whole bunch of religions and people who are not religious who might just want a better state. Um, is there an idea to be made of like, well, I think nuclear families work. Sure. That's a good idea to make too. So that, that may be a better solution. Uh, it's like the word racist. It's changed so much recently that it me- loses meaning right. to me, can be any politician that doesn't stand up with the constituents. They fold to either pressure or money. I mean, we can still want anything, but in reality, we need to get someone who'll get the votes, especially with so many Republicans leaving the state. Anyone is better than Newsom. I heard someone say if it's a potato, they would vote for a potato over Newsom. Um, it's like Kylie. He's so passionate and authentic that he consistently says the same thing. He also appeals across parties, which I think has led to him being called a rhino. Yeah, someone said he was a rhino. I, I don't really get that one. That's why this whole thing started, because it seems like recently... I've had candidates on, I've had all the, as many candidates on, I've, you know, I've reached out to the elder campaign. I've had Anthony Tremino on, I've had Kylie on a couple of times. We had Faulkner on, we had Jenny Ray LaRue, we had Diego Martinez. Um, so I've had a lot, a wide range of candidates on to talk about their platforms. And it seems like every once in a while, people will comment about whoever is going to be on the podcast and say, Oh, this person's a rhino. This person, why are you interviewing this person? He's a rhino. And it's like, Okay, well, you can't just keep calling everybody you don't like a rhino. That doesn't work. Um, DSG96. I have no idea who that is. Do you know, consider Pompeo a statesman? Um, I don't understand what that quote is. Well, if people like Swalwell would get the heck out of the office, we would all be better off. Swalwell came in as a Republican. He has actions pointed towards being a Democrat. I didn't know that. He came in as a Republican. I have to double check that. Um, how about bring back the constitution, conserve the constitution? Uh, we have two constitutions by state and by the country. Both are being chipped away at as if it's stinking thinking. Yeah. People forget that there's a California constitution. There's a lot of power granted to the people. Remember that whole progressive era of like Hiram Johnson and Theodore Roosevelt. They gave a lot of power back to the people. On purpose. They wanted to hold people and politicians here in California accountable, which is why they're trying to chip away at stuff like the recall and propositions. And if you saw recently that Prop 22 was held unconstitutional, I haven't read the whole opinion. I don't understand where the argument comes from. Um, but they're trying to chip away at this idea of like direct vote here in California, mostly because I don't think a lot of these politicians who are now in power and have amassed power, they don't want to lose that power because the direct will of the people threatens that. So ironically, they are actually going after a progressive policy that was implemented by Republicans. So hold media, all platforms accountable to putting out fake or false news narratives and current. I'd vote for potato. So potato for governor. That's what everyone's going with. We can all agree the potato or the bear from John Cox. John Cox's campaign. The problem in California is that the Republican Party has been painted as Trump supporting racist bigots. The California Republican has to be able to be specific with what they are supporting. I agree. Yeah, I think that's um, that's why I've always said, uh, I think that like Trump is toxic in California. And I think Trump, in reality, I think Trump is losing steam. I think there's going to be people who love Trump. And believe that he should run in 2024. My personal opinion is I think he's losing steam already now, and it's only been several months. You know, I think it was a lot more people were expecting Trump to have this miraculous return to the White House at some point, you know, trust the plan and all that stuff um, because the military was in control and they have the servers. I don't know, you know, all that QAnon stuff. Um, But. I think it's starting to wane and I think people are starting to kind of lose their appetite for Trump. Um, this guy says he still has steam. Yeah. I mean, he still has steam. Doesn't mean he's completely out of steam. So, uh, did I see his overflow rally? Yeah. And you know, he, he draws a crowd. Yeah. But I think there's people here in California, based on what I've seen, um I think he's losing steam and I think the responses I got from people is that they want to move on from Trump. That's anecdotal, you know, maybe, but I don't think Trump would pull in California a huge crowd like he does. Where was it? Alabama. I don't think he would pull such a huge crowd here. Uh, so anyway, That's that's my thought about this. I'd love to hear what your thoughts about it are in terms of do you think a California Republican Party is has to be different? Do you think it has to be? And what policies would you like to see Republicans really attack here in California? What are those policies that you'd like to see? Um, No, to answer your question, I did not see the MAGA hole and Anthony Tremino interview. Um, Trump is not losing steam, not by a long shot. Okay. I could be wrong, but um, that's okay. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, More inclusive. Okay. More inclusive. I think that's that's definitely... um, I mean, if you think about how it was started, the party was started as an anti-slavery party, and then when it got to Theodore Roosevelt, he was all for... I think he, he desegregated the schools in New York, um, as governor. So there is a kind of inclusive element to, um, it, there seems to be an inclusive element in the Republican party, this big tent idea. Um, I don't know at what point we kind of lost along the way where it had to be one type of person. Uh, so I don't, I don't know where that really, I think that happened with, you know, George W. Bush and the, uh, what would you call that and the grasp of the 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 christian right um i i don't think that's true anymore i think trump changed that i think trump showed that you don't need necessarily the christian right to win i think he built a coalition that was more inclusive policies how about we stick to the constitution and stop being pe- well i mean yeah i mean that's a good good policy to always have is to to not um pick apart the constitution Um, do do, do, do the right conservatives need to stop being self-righteous towards secular people? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And that's why I don't think the whole Judeo-Christian thing really plays out as a platform. You can be Judeo, you know, you can be Christian, but I think if you can be respectful of other people's beliefs and say, I'm a practicing Christian, however, California is diverse. And I think we need to respect everybody's religion and their beliefs. I think that's the way to do it. Medical freedom. So he said, of course he's losing steam. None of the Republican gubernatorial candidates have referred to him or even asked for an endorsement because they know it would be detrimental to their campaign. Not even John Cox, who uh, originally got it. You'd think he'd want to get another endorsement. Mm -mm -mm. Republicans need to attack the attack on freedom, medical freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, said and Christians are being attacked etc the left is coming for it as a california conservative I believe in limited government limited government programs less taxes more freedom law and order strong border control school choice etc okay um California kind not referring to Trump doesn't mean he's losing. I agree okay good morning yeah what's up um everyone has a right to their own religious beliefs. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think everybody has to, has their own rights. Yeah. And the problem with the, the attack on freedom, um, is it's vague and it may not be vague to people who are on this platform right now and who are, who are tuning in. A lot of people may say, well, no, it's not vague at all. But I think to the person you're trying to convert, it's, it's vague because, they don't really understand it. They don't really understand what you're talking about. What are they getting out of it? Um, you have to talk more about what a Republican will do solidly. Like This is an idea of a, a policy debate. This is what we want to do. This is how we make things better all in the name of those freedoms right you do those things because you believe in the freedoms to do these things but you have to give people these concrete examples of this is what we're going to do and inherently does it help medical freedom sure uh does it help uh economic freedom absolutely does it help you know second amendment right yeah you can't just say well i'm for freedom that's a bland policy that just kind of really it just it doesn't sell to people i don't think i think it sells to a certain amount of people but it doesn't sell to the undecided and it doesn't sell to moderate democrats who are looking for an alternative and i think one thing that california republicans or any other party that wants to become an opposition party to the democrats i'm just using the republicans because they are the second biggest party in quotes because they're not as big as the democrats But I think if they want to really make a difference they kind of have to go at it as a reformist party they have to say look at the corruption look at what they're doing look at how much money they're spending look at how much money they're wasting and that's your angle your angle is a reformist your angle is we need to clean up x y and z and you need to couch it in every dollar that is wasted hurts a certain class of people, you know, and, and it hurts people of the lower incomes, because if you waste someone's tax dollar, you're going to end up asking for more tax dollars because you've already been wasting tax dollars, which means that the taxes end up in the end, hurting those who can't afford to really do it. Like for example, uh, here in San Diego, they're trying to push through this idea of tax per mile. And imagine it like a tax per mile here in San Diego County when you already have a gas tax. Now they're not going to get rid of the gas tax and do get tax per mile. They're going to add on because they need more money for infrastructure, which I thought was the whole point of the gas tax was we needed more infrastructure. And in the end, who is that going to hurt? It's going to hurt lower, lower middle income, uh, citizens, because it's going to make it more expensive for them to go to work. It's going to make them more expensive to drive their kids to school. Um, So you, we have to point out, I think if you're going to make a platform, you have to say, we're going to be reformist. We're going to get out of, we're going to get rid of the rot. We're going to change things and we're going to do things better because that's the way you, you give people a positive solution. People gravitate towards positive solutions in my mind. They, they gravitate towards Something that they can grasp, something that they can think about, something they can think about if it's implemented, how much better their life will be. Those are really the policies that I think Republicans or any other opposition party really need to get behind. And not just this whole, we're the opposite side of the coin when it comes to Democrats and uh, that's it. You know, we're really, we're, we're just not Democrats, so... Uh, but dun, 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 dun. so you guys are all riled up. I got you all riled up this morning, everybody. So much financial waste. They mismanaged $76 billion in COVID relief. How do you mismanage that much money? Uh, Probably because that was their plan all along. It's like this whole thing with infrastructure. Do you think infrastructure, they will couch it. Believe me, they, they've couched it in this idea of, well, we need to spend more. We need to implement this gas tax per mile because it's going to help lower income citizens when in reality on in san diego something like two percent of the population actually uses public transit which is not a lot of people so who is it going to benefit when you ask for these billions and billions of dollars uh it's going to benefit the construction unions which then turn around and pay back the democratic party who pushed this through and it just becomes this awful cycle and again that was stuff that like a reformist Republican like a Theodore Roosevelt saw right through and said, we have to put an end to this and you have to highlight it and say the reason that they're trying to put this through one, not because it helps lower income citizens, two, because it is a giant payout to the unions and the construction unions that are going to build this infrastructure and this public transit and um, and then they're going to get billions of dollars in payout. And then guess what? Those companies will turn around and they'll donate a million dollars to Nathan Fletcher. And then it goes around and around and him and Lorraine Gonzales. So that's really the the action. That's the reformist idea is that we got to stop this cronyism and this corporatism where it's just unions lining the pockets of Democrats, Democrats wasting our tax dollars, giving it back to the unions. And this cycle never ends. So that's one angle to take. Do, 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 do. do. Um, bu- 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 just looking at more of your comments because you, you, you guys are all pumped up today. Yeah. Tell everyone to stop. The t- if you're in San Diego, stop the tax per mileage petition. There's, I think it's uh, taxpermile.com or something. And you can sign the petition if you're in San Diego County. Be the party that actually helps. Don't just sell fantasies. Perfect. Yeah, e- exactly. Sell solutions. Sell solutions because you have to give something people can wrap their hands around. Here's the thing. The corruption isn't only at the state level. It's on the local community level too. So much money being spent on what personal agendas. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, do, 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 do. The infrastructure plan never helps just drive around soccer or the surrounding areas. Yeah, it, it never goes to really the money. I love the reformist ideology. Which candidate do you think encompasses the most? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think... They're all trying to I think they've all kind of grasped onto this like Sacramento is broken idea ideology, but I don't know if they've all attacked it as hard as they could. And I think that's really how you have to attack it is you just have to say you re, that has to be like the your platform, you know, um, it's kind of like Donald Trump. His whole thing was America first. That was his big platform. And then there were like the pillars of that platform, which were, you know. Help bring back manufacturing, you know, secure the border, strengthen our military, America first, you know, do deal better deals with our foreign allies. That was like his umbrella was the America first. And then there were like these platforms of little pillars of how he would get to that. We need to get back to basics. Uh, boom, 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 boom. As a registered independent and a San Diego native. The only reason the Dems currently more registered voters is because of the mainstream media brainwashing. And I think that's changing. I think more people are turning to alternative media. I mean, just look at the numbers of CNN. CNN, a program like Little Brian Stelter can't get the same amount of views as Candace Owens opening her phone and talking into Instagram for a half an hour. Like that's that's just the reality is like he can't get those numbers with Candace Owens sitting in her house, turning on her phone and getting over 250,000 views. Like that's that's pretty incredible if you think about it. So that right there shows you I think people are tuning into different alternative media. Need to get rid of special interest add-ons and loopholes. Yep. Mm-mm. If i saying uh, the super train in California is being built by governor Brown's family Pelosi. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of corruption there. Why they keep dumping money into this high speed rail. That's supposedly going to help everybody. Um, I don't know if anybody's a fan of true detective. Was it the second season where they tackled the whole high speed rail issue? And, um, I don't want to give too much away. If you're a true detective fan, you want to go watch it, but that's the whole premise of it is that it's based out of Los Angeles. And, um, It has to do with the high-speed rail and everyone who's connected to it, which I thought was interesting that True Detective would paint the high-speed rail in that light to make it seem dubious and evil. But, you know, sometimes you get scared or sometimes you get shocked. How do you feel about Todd Gloria taking a 200% pay increase when he was elected? Uh, Not happy. Not happy about that. I mean, he did it right away. It was 100%. I think he doubled his salary like right away. He signed legislation along with city council to double their salaries. So, uh, um, we need to, we need big business back in California. Yeah, that's a great tax revolt. Okay. Kylie has Ray suing one against coming. I think he deserves a bit of credit. Um, I'm finding that those close to me aren't aware of what is happening. There's a lack of information on how the process works. Are you talking about like the recall process or like what's going on in California politics? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't really pay attention. A lot of people get really kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They get distracted by national politics because it's in your face all the time. And a lot of people don't really talk specifically about their state politics or the local politics, um, which is sort of the whole point of this platform is that we focus on California politics because there's a lot to focus on when it comes to California politics. That is for sure. We need to stop paying our. Um, Look at the maps on the rail. The state is so full of corruption. It's going to take an act of God to change it. I don't think so. I think it takes, I think it takes people, you know, and history, if history is any guide, I think people have to realize that at a certain point, the centralization of power in one sort of government, um, the centralization of power inevitably happens throughout history, you know? even rome which was supposed to be a republic they centralized power in a dictator and sooner or later every after a while power consolidates because you have too many people who are who want part of that power and they expand the power so that the pie gets bigger and bigger and bigger but it all comes at the expense of the people and the american revolution contrary to popular belief I know a lot of people like to imagine in their head that it just popped out of nowhere that one day, a whole bunch of angry Bostonians just showed up and, and started throwing tea in the harbor, or in, as Boston would say, in the haba. Uh, it was years and years and years of abuses. And you're talking about it wasn't just America. You're talking about this happened in France. This happened in England before america that there was a mini revolution where they got the parliament and they kind of took power away from the monarchy because they wanted some sort of representation but this happened over a long time and you have to chip away at it you know there's i know a lot of people want the instant gratification they want to they want to check off uh one person they want to check off one person for president and then they they can go home and they can lay down at night and go that president is going to take care of everything and that's not really the case the case is we have to focus on incrementally changing things where we can at local levels at local politicians at county supervisors at city council school board everything down to dog catcher and that's really what changes things slowly but surely i mean even the american revolution you still had people who were loyalists you had plenty of people who did not want to do a revolution then you had plenty of radicals who were revolutionaries like samuel adams who got into legislature and got into these little state legislatures and they started something which then got more people involved and then those people got involved and before you know it there was an american revolution so that's really what we have to start focusing on is you, you get these little wins here and there and then you start changing things and then that inspires you to keep going. And then you keep going. You you flip your county supervisors, you flip your count your city council. Now, all of a sudden you have a different mayor. That's how you really change things. And it's not, you know, as much as governor is exciting and getting rid of noodles is great uh, if it does happen it doesn't change really the trajectory of California unless it galvanizes people to believe that their vote does mean something and they can actually enact change here in California. That's really the bottom line is the biggest lesson we'll get not who I mean, it could, you know, you could replace Newsom or or noodles with a potato um, after he gets recalled. doesn't really matter. The point if he gets, Recalled, it sends a message that people can organize, people can have an impact in California, and that people are tired of like far left progressivism. They're, they're, and I wouldn't even call it progressivism, it's regressivism. You know, the far left is not progressive, they're regressive. Um, it's happening the other way around in San Diego. Yeah, we need to get back on that. We need to focus on, I mean, we're only one seat away from flipping the county supervisors. Kristen Gaspar lost her her seat, and um, that flipped it. Once Kristen Gaspar lost it, we went from three Republicans to two Republicans and that was it. It was now a democratic majority, uh, which doesn't help. So there, there are possibilities like like San Diego is, you know, we went wrong this past election. I think there's a good chance to get it back in San Diego and, and really kind of change things up. I would hope that the San Diego County Republicans find a good person to run for mayor. Um, for san diego when todd gloria's term is up i would hope they just don't grab someone off the street well scott sherman's not really someone off the street he was a city council member but i hope they don't grab someone at the last minute and be like quick run for mayor because we need a republican in there i I hope they actually plan this out and think about like who do they need to run for mayor um to vote in person do you need to bring your ballot in and they will give you another ballot to vote on you do not need to bring it in no there's a lot of people who say you bring it so you can surrender it so that they mark it up or they shred it right in front of you um if you're going to vote in person i don't really like if you have a shredder at home you can just shred your own mail-in ballot so either you know shred it put it in your own personal garbage and you don't really have to worry about that um unless you think that someone's going to like piece together your ballot after you've shredded get one of those shredders that not only does the the strips but also like does little pieces too <laughs> rich kids in classroom with kids in public schools on zoom that's regressive as long as teacher unions run the show this will continue yeah i think that's another great angle to take is to point out how a lot of these policies are really regressive and i wrote an article about this a while ago when i first started this platform about how california liberals don't really care about the poor which i don't think they do i think they A lot of them are champagne liberals who live in their nice coastal houses or apartments and, you know, they drive their expensive cars and they feel good about themselves voting for politicians who give them the warm and fuzzies because they speak a certain way and and try and claim the moral high ground. You have to take that moral high ground away and you have to point to them and say, you're actually not being morally uh, superior. What you're doing is being regressive and hurting those who need it the most. And I think that's one angle that has to be taken as well is to show that the left in California is very, very regressive. Like what they do hurts a lot of people. It doesn't help a lot of people, even though they say it helps a lot of people. It doesn't help a lot of people. So totally regressive. Ba, 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 ba. Now we live in a world where post-test whole fun kind schools who want to mandate their own mass and vaccines. Local positions are turned into puppet kings. Huh? far left did this there in every little office. Well, when you sell a bill of goods and I'll have to admit, I have to give them credit because they do. Yeah. And I think you, this user just said they vote for fantasies, but when rubber meets the road, they don't follow through. Um, I, 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 I think you nailed it on the head. I think, um, I think they, they sell these great utopian fantasies of, If you just give us a little bit more power, it's always when it comes to the left, it's always just a little bit more power. You ever notice that? It's just give us a little bit more power. Give us a little bit more tax money. Then we'll have utopia. You know, it's like Bernie Sanders always says, like, if we just tax the millionaires in the billionaires, we could afford healthcare for every person and universal basic income. But it's like, even if you taxed, the top 1% at a hundred percent, you wouldn't be able to support everything that you're proposing. So, well, yeah, the the same people who caused the problem sell you on fixing it because that's how government works. They cause a problem and then they say, well, now we need to fix it. It's like, well, we shut down all your businesses because of COVID, but now we need to drop trillions of dollars on you because we shut down your businesses because of COVID and this money will end up going, who knows where, um, but you ever know, that's that's something you have to point out, and, and maybe a good point to point out is, look, the Democrats have run this state for a while. They've really had a stranglehold on the state of California when it comes to power, and nothing's gotten better. That should be the number one indicator that nothing works under a Democratic platform, that you've had power and you've had Democratic supermajority power for a long time, yet nothing's gotten better. Um, so anyway, I got a couple more questions and I'll hop off. Um, if you don't start your about your vote becomes provisional until they verify you didn't vote twice. Okay. There you go. I'm not excited about any of the candidates. Well, I know you're probably excited about yes on recall. You can say yes and turn around walk out and just be like, I'm done. I just want to, it's not like they'll throw your ballot out. If you vote yes and walk away, you can vote yes and just walk out. Some of you believe if your mail-in ballot is not surrendered. Oh, you guys are really getting at the point that your person will be delayed in the count thinking until verifying the mail-in wasn't used. Okay. That's my favorite line of Kylie's. Take a chance. And if you want to return to political corruption a year, um, yeah, it's a pretty good line. I mean, it's a year. It's a, you know, give it a year trial. Um, if he's recalled, can he run again? Um, I, he can't run to replace himself, but I believe he can run again in 2022. But I don't know if that would be politically advantageous if you just got recalled by more than 50% of the state to come back and go, hey, guys, remember me? I was the guy who got recalled. Um, yeah, I think he just can't run to replace himself, but I, he's not barred from ever running again, if that's my understanding of it. So, all right. Any more comments or questions? Talked about a lot today. If Newsom is recalled, when would the new governor take office? 10 days after. Boop, 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 boop. Haven't gotten my ballot yet down in California. Contact your county registrar. Whenever people ask me about these questions, always, always, always go and reach out to your county registrar. They will be able to solve it for you. I call Newsome Joffrey. Uh, Yeah. Joffrey was... uh, He was kind of a little power hungry. Little jerk. Uh, So... Yolo County last week got ballots. Okay. All right. Any more comments or questions before I hop off? Vote in person. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're that upset about the fact that you have to vote in person with a mask on, I'm asking you. I know none of us are crazy about it. Just put the mask on, vote yes, and get the hell out of there, okay? that's uh, What's more important, wearing the mask for a couple minutes or voting Newsom out? That's all I have to say. I know people are going to get really upset about it, but just put it on. Don't give them any indication of who you are or what you're going to vote for. And just go in there, vote yes, and get get the heck out of there. Let's say Joe gets the boot and Kamal takes over. Do you think Kamal will make Newsom VP? That's a good question. I don't know. Could she imagine talk about an unpopular administration if kamala who got one percent of the vote in the democratic primary takes over as president which would be the worst way to get a the first female president is if the male president steps down or is removed after the 25th amendment she picks governor Newsom, who was recently recalled to be her vp talk about an unpopular administration they might as well just hand over whoever's going to be the republican i mean if it was ron DeSantis, he would wipe the floor with him um probably trump would probably even wipe the floor with him so she's very unpopular and i think that's one reason that they would hold off as long as possible on kamala is because she's just so unlikable and i think they're realizing that like she's just so unlikable And the only reason they did it was because of identity politics. Josh Newman was recalled and then reelected. Yeah, that's the guy he was, he was recalled. Then he was reelected. Um, that's awesome. Um, thank you for the live loving life. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for this live. I found you looking for real people, real people here. Yeah. Thanks. We do this every, um, every Wednesday. 9am and you know there's a whole bunch of other things i do as well interviews uh the podcast on thursday nights usually on youtube live do 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 do, do, do. wear the damn thing do your civil duty yeah just wear your mask wear your mask prevent the droplets just wear it just uh, you know it, this isn't the time to go in and cause a whole stink in the the voting precinct just go in you know you want to be you don't want to give any away any sort of identification of who you might be voting for just throw it on don't even throw like an f noodles or f newsome mask on just put a blank black one or blue one or whatever the most nondescript mask on go in get the hell out that's it put it on vote watch your ballot go into the box and then take it off uh they're gonna label your ballot COVID outside yeah so can Kamala even be president? I believe so. Yeah. Wasn't there a whole issue about whether she was born in the U S or not? I think that was debunked again. For once, just wear the damn mask and vote the bum out. Yeah. The whole DC Nana Republic has, uh, has to go. I'm assuming that's banana Republic. Surrender your ballot, spoil it, vote in person on paper ballot. So appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's time. It's not a good East Coast accent. Come on now. That's insulting as a former East Coaster. Is there a difference between dropping off an absentee ballot in person versus voting in person? Um, I don't think so. If you, if you sign it and then you throw it in the box that they have there, they'll count it. So... If you, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine as well. Um, as much as the muzzle sucks, just get the vote. Yeah. Just do it. What's more likely Joe steps down or he gets impeached. Um, I think what's probably more likely is he'll get 25th amendment, which would be historic. I I don't know if there has been a president who they've used the 25th amendment against, So that would be pretty interesting to see. You're a Yankee transplant. Um yeah, so am I. I'm an East Coaster. I'm a, I'm from New Jersey originally. So, you know, people are always like, Where did your accent go? Where did you lost your accent? So, well, you know, when you're out here for how many years you kind of lose it. Sometimes I say stuff like dog and water and you know, stuff like that. Coffee. Let's get some go let's go get some coffee. Um, some of that slips back out. So anyway, thank you everybody for tuning in. As always. Wednesday, 9am. Oh, tonight, tonight, most importantly, I almost forgot. Tonight, uh, gubernatorial debate watch party. Um, mine's still thick. Yeah. Some people still have a really thick accent. Um, tonight gubernatorial watch party. It starts at seven. So I'll hop on here a couple minutes before the drinking game rules will be released right after this. Uh, so, you can join along, you know, have a beer, or whatever, even if you don't drink, you know, just whatever. Join in the fun. Um, I think I came up with some good rules. It'll be fun to just kind of enjoy it together. So, here, a couple minutes, probably 10 before 7, five or 10 minutes before 7, which is it goes on live. Um, also, in the post, I, I pulled where all the local affiliates are. So, KCRA is the one that's putting it on but there's the local affiliates that are doing it. So if you're looking where the local affiliates are also, I think you can go online. I'm pretty sure you can go online and watch it Um, either way. There's plenty of ways to watch it. Uh, So a couple minutes before hop on, grab your drink. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna laugh. Interestingly enough, this is gonna be different than the last couple because we're getting meet Kevin along. So uh, with this one, so uh, that will be interesting to see meet kevin i wonder if he'll be able to gain a, a little bit of ground because he's going to be on a, a big platform against these guys it's been the same kind of guys i mean it's been the same three guys over and over again i think they should have more i think they should be letting more people in um for for these debates i think we should be welcoming all different ideas i mean i'd love to see like a jenny ray larue or a diego martinez up there or anthony Tremino. i'd love to see any of those guys or gals up there uh debating as well because i think it brings a different perspective uh, it's the debate starts at seven, so I'll be going live a couple minutes before to go over the drinking rules and that's basically it. I'll see you guys later tonight. Um, and then 10 AM on Friday, it's going to be Kevin Kiley is going to come back. We're going to do a little bit of a debate. Um, no, we're going to do a little debate post and we're not going to debate. We're going to do a little debate breakdown and and talk about what he thinks. And how it's been going. So, thanks everyone for tuning in, and I will see you later. Bye.